Welcome to Pro Bull Talk, where it's all talk and no bull. Get ready for slide and ride. This episode is brought to you by Sutherland Logistics. Hey everybody, welcome back to another great episode of Pro Bull Talk. As always, we got Brandon Wren, Cody Hart, Briar Hart, and a special guest today, Blue Jeans. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. Good to be here. Heck yeah. I was wanting to know, how did you get that name, Robert Blue Jeans? <laughs> well, obviously family name Jeans, and uh, my dad, believe it or not, was a rodeo announcer, and uh, he wanted to name me Wrangler Blue Jeans. He thought that'd be cool as hell. Mom <laughs> wouldn't would've. go for it. Mom wouldn't go for it, so it became Robert Blue Jeans. So I've only known him as Blue Jeans. Yep. I thought that, that Blue cool. Jeans was the nickname, and you had a, an actual last name. No, yeah. that's actually it. Uh, my, but my name's spelled J-E-A-N-E-S. Not NS like a pair of blue jeans. It's French. So. French. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going across the pond this morning, ain't we, boys? Yeah. Yeah. I met him on this side of the pond back in, uh, what, probably the early 90s? Yeah. Uh, Down at the old Double J Rodeo Palace, probably. Yeah. I was sitting there trying to think. I can't, I, it goes so far back, I can't remember the first time I met you. I mean, yeah. you were, y'all were riding bulls, you and JW, and I remember. I think my very first PBR was in Uvalde, Texas in 96. And then we did Winnie and Lafayette yeah. that same year. And, yeah, uh, I remember Lafayette. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, was, that got a little Western down there. Yeah, I hauled, I hauled a load of bulls down there and, and, uh, to Jerry's deal in Lafayette, and I just bought a brand-new Dodge pickup. I mean, it had less than 500 miles on it. And, I mean, I, I bought it. I drove it from – Drove it home from the dealership, hooked it up to the gooseneck trailer, and loaded bulls, and we went to Lafayette, and we get down there, and it gets down into, it starts breaking, the highway starts breaking down into one lane, and I mean, all of a sudden, they stop in front of me, and I got 10 bulls on the trailer, and I try to lock this sucker up, and I breed a damn minivan, bows the damn front <laughs> bumper out, and uh, we pull up down there, and, and what'd you do to your new truck? I don't know. Sounds Shit like happened. Blake's driving. Yeah. No, nah, I don't hit those. Yeah, a little bit like Blake's driving. Yeah. I don't. I'm never hit. That wasn't the only thing that happened down there, though. We'll get into Lafayette a little bit yeah. later. But <laughs> so a lot of good stories. You you fought bulls for a long time. You're now the PRCA uh, director for the bullfighters. Just got your PRCA announcer's card. Yes, sir. Congratulations on that. And uh, but how did you get started fighting bulls? And did you try to ride them? And this is something we always ask. It's always kind of a, a Silly question. Original Where'd you question. get started? You know, it, it's, but it, it leads into everybody's got a little different yeah. story. I actually, my dad, had, like I said earlier, he announced rodeos. So I grew up going to him. And back in those days, my dad was working for Bradford Ivy and Bradford Ivy was the bull man in Texas. Mm -hmm. So a lot of good bullfighters came through there. So I got to, I was hanging out at the rodeos. And, you know, back then, a lot of times the bullfighters did acts too. You know, you mm -hmm. weren't just a bullfighter. You, and if they did have a barrel man, you know, it was usually quail dobs and some of them cool dudes. So, man, I just, you know, yeah. hung out and, and gravitated toward those guys and then uh, got to meet Rex Dunn when I was about 13. And he was having a school, and I just warded my old man to death <laughs> till I, I was a little over 14 years old when he finally – I was about to turn 15 when he sent me. And I went to Rex's school, and, I mean, my dad, if he's alive, he'd tell you, he said his intention was to get me run over break an egg in me and then you know i'd move on to something else and and they did run over me quite a bit but i mean <laughs> I, I couldn't get enough of it and then went to high school played football i didn't i didn't fight bulls hardly at all at high school because i lived with my grandpa and he wasn't you know he wasn't about it so but as soon as i graduated uh i went to winnie texas where johnny ackle and jerry nelson were mm -hmm. they were they were just getting into it and jerry was just starting to buy bulls and bad that was boys. that was that was bull town usa the you bad boys bucking bulls and yep. uh guys this age won't even believe this but it, every wednesday night two 18 wheeler loads of bulls would show up and they'd unload them and i mean nobody had ever been on any of them and we'd buck at least that many every wednesday night mm -hmm. just jackpotting and yeah. there, there's boys from louisiana would come and there'd be There'd be 55, 60 bull riders there every Wednesday night. Now we got to pay them to get on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, bag them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you can melt them and pour them on that many bulls. I mean, I saw, you know, uh, like when Willis Trosclair, mm -hmm. Willis would come over there and, and uh, you know, when once the jackpot was over, if there's 
12 more standing there, him and like DJ Domain and those guys would go, Jerry would say, hey, 25 bucks a bull. I need a buck. And them boys, I mean, they, it didn't matter how many were back there. They got on them. Dang. That's a lot of bulls. Yeah. That's a lot of bulls. And that, that, Jerry did it right too. I mean, he went, he bought some good bread stuff and, and, I mean, he had he had the deal down there. He had he was putting on. I don't know how many turn pros was Jerry putting on a year when it first started. I mean, he went. We got up to we got up to where we were doing somewhere between eighteen and twenty one a year. You know, sometimes two a weekend. Yeah, Mm. and uh, they uh, and then it got to where guys were coming. You know, guys that wanted to ride bulls would would come to Winnie and Jerry'd let them put a camper out there or Mm -hmm. stay here there and whatever. If they'd get on bulls, they could come. You know Mm -hmm. and. Uh, there's a lot of good guys come through there. I mean, uh, we buck tons of bulls. I can't even – there. I tell the story all the time. The most bulls I ever fought in one day was 300. And, oh, my goodness. And everybody – you know, when you say that, everybody goes, oh, wait a minute. Well, there's a, there was a story behind it. Jerry, he had his first big bull sale down there at Winnie. And on Friday, he bucked his two-year-olds. And uh, then on Saturday and Sunday were all the big bulls. Well, back in those days, you know, how the bull sale deal was, you know, bullfighters that show up from everywhere – well, anyway, we get to Sunday morning, and I'm the only guy that showed up. Oh, boy. And there was 300 bulls Dang. to buck on a Sunday. And, you know, Jerry was the guy I worked for, and I wasn't going to quit him. And I'm telling you, I, I fought 300 bulls that day by myself. Holy wow. cow. Mm. Blake, That's crazy. you the bull fighting machine. You think yeah. you can handle 300? No, I'm not even going to try. Okay. And he barely can handle three. Oh, <laughs> he can barely wow. handle any bulls. Hey, he can wow. barely handle a bull that stands taller than this. <laughs> Heck. It's okay, Blake. So did you uh, did you fight PBRs, PRCA? Did you get- start starting out? Uh, actually, uh, uh, Rudy Vela signed for my car back in those days. The, you had to have a stock contractor and two NFR bullfighters. So uh, Rudy Vela, Rick Chapman, and Jimmy Anderson signed for my card. And I worked. Rudy didn't have, but probably four or five rodeos at that time. And Jerry was just getting into the PBR deal. So I started out trying to trying to rodeo because I wanted to go to the bullfights and all that. But then when Jerry's deal blew up. You know, I was a fool if I didn't go, you know, go with that right. deal. And we started – so I, I mostly – early part of my career did mostly PBRs. And then uh, when Jerry kind of made the switch and started rodeo, and I just kind of kept going that direction, you know. Uh, I got to go – the last year of the Wrangler bullfights, I got to go to nine rounds uh, for – it was James Harper's bullfights and because uh, nobody – everybody was scared to go to them. And I was too <laughs> dumb to know better. And, uh, <laughs> So I went. I went to those nine rounds and and had, he had me booked for thirty rounds the next year because in those days you had to have thirty rounds to go to the NFR, and then Wrangler pulled all the money out and then so I never never really got to chase that as much as I wanted to, right. and it's probably a good thing. It made me last longer, you know, because <laughs> 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 those bullfights are hard on you. So did you ever make the NFR? I know viewers back home. No, no, I never made the finals. Uh, I I got close. I almost I was. In the conversation for the PBR finals there a couple of years when Frank was gone and then uh, made the top five for the uh, NFR, but never got never got in there. It was it was tough. And in those days, you know, everybody's used to them taking three now. It used to be two and an alternate. So, yeah, usually only two guys got to go. Did you ever but, fight any cups, maybe? Yeah, I did some of those for Jerry that Jerry co- co-produced. Uh, Louisville we did a couple of years. Yeah. And uh, we did Des Moines – uh, one time, yeah, funny story. The first time they ever remember when they did the double arenas at the Thomas uh-huh. and Mack. That first time they tried that was at Des Moines. I'll they put put that setup together, yeah. And uh, but yeah, I did some of those. I I got to do a lot of good stuff. I mean, uh, I worked uh, Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. I did Fort Worth and I did uh, Corpus Christi fifteen years, Pasadena twenty years, Arcadia, Florida twenty years. So I got to I got to do a lot of good rodeos. So how did you get started being the director of the Bullfighters? Robbie Hodges. <laughs> uh, Dustin Brewer was on was was done with his term, and I didn't really want to do it. And it was, I think it was the year before I quit fighting bulls. And Robbie Hodges stood up at the meeting and said, "Who wants Blue to be the director?" And everybody raised their hand, and I was like, "So <laughs> that's how I got it." How long Thanks, have you been guys. doing it? I think I'm six years in now. How much flack have you got for that? All the time. <laughs> All the time. I mean, it's there's so many urban legends about yeah. the way things work. And, you know, there's these big conspiracy theories that about how guys get the finals and how guys get things and all that. And, uh, man, 
it, it almost makes me laugh sometimes. And I get phone calls of people wanting to chew me out about the way this went or the way that went. And then I, nine times out of ten, I tell them, all right, well, open your rule book and turn to this and look and read me what it says. And they're like, oh, well, well I didn't know that. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. yeah. But, you know, they think – a lot of people think, you know, because you see – a Dusty Tuckness and Cody Webster working the NFR. Dusty's set the all-time record 15 times in a row. Uh, people think, well, you know, that's political and this, that, and the other. And I'm, I'm here to tell you guys, I'm, I, I oversee when they vote. And the top 20 bull riders in the world pick that guy every year. There's no yeah. urban, you know, legend that of any conspiracy. If I could have both of them every single time, I'd come out of retirement and start riding bulls again. Oh, I, I mean, mean they're, they're phenomenal. Exactly. And, and, uh, it's a thought. It's a thought. <laughs> oh, it's okay. A thought. Okay. <laughs> say, really? <laughs> it's like the other day I was telling Cody, the other day I put a post up about Dusty because, you know, he is, this year sets the all time mm -hmm. record. And, uh, I got some flack. Some guys, you know, on Facebook sent me some messages, you know, well, you know, back in the 70s, if you worked the finals, you couldn't work them, you know, back to back years. You had to sit out for four or five years. And I'm like, well, I'm aware of that, but, 15 straight years of doing that, mm -hmm. I don't care what era or what you talk about. That's incredible. Because you think about it, that's probably three cycles of bull riders going through there. Mm -hmm. You know, the guys that were there when he started, and then a whole other group kind of comes and goes, and now he's into another group. And I mean, and, heck, and he's still the best. And the best bull riders in the world are voting him. Are the ones that are picking. Yeah, That's right. And, in, and you know, a lot of guys, I, I, the other thing I hear is, well, you know, they ought to change that rule back into where, you know, they can let more people come through there. Well, I'm sorry, but I disagree. The top 20 guys that are sticking their hand in the rope, mm -hmm. that's who they yep. want, and that's who ought to be there. That's exactly yep. you know, And if some other bullfighters don't like it, well, go work harder in off season. Go get it, you know, because let me tell you something. If you go hang around Tuckness and Webster's and get you some of that work ethic. Well, I <laughs> promise you, you, you hang around winners – the conversation's different than, than it is over there Absolutely. with them guys that win second and third all the time. Absolutely. The conversation is completely different. So what's your what's your job like what's that job entitled? Like what I, all do you do? I oversee uh new guys coming in. So basically the way it'll happen is a new bullfighter will come in, he'll send in an application with signatures. Uh he has to have some NFR or circuit finals bullfighters and an NFR bull rider sign for him. Then what I do is I, they send in a list of five amateur rodeos. I send a, somebody out to watch them. All right? If they make, meet that approval, then they're on their permit. So they work their first five rodeos on their permit, and, if, and everybody they work with gets an evaluation then, you know, their, their peers. And if there's no problems at the end of those five rodeos, they flip over and they've got a full card. But I kind of oversee that process. We, anything contract personnel related, we – we do i mean sometimes i have to do things about secretaries and timers and because we're a we're a you know a board a contract personnel board a committee put together a committee so we have to we have to deal with all that stuff but on the bullfighter end of it that's what i do and uh and then i run the meeting at uh when we get to vegas talk about any rule changes or anything we've changed or doing new for the new year got a new rule coming this year that uh i've caught a little flack about it too but uh the best bull riders in the world wanted it so we're we're starting in 24 there's going to be a way for bull riders if they feel a guy's not fighting bulls good and he's a danger and he's getting guys hurt that we can uh review them and reevaluate them that's never been done in the prca because once you had your card no matter i mean yeah. if, if i decided you're in, you're tomorrow in. i wanted to go fight bulls and rebuy my card i could do it and i ain't got any business doing that right you know but now there's a there's going to be a reevaluation process, and uh, Sage Kimsey and them guys helped me help me get that deal through. I think we we've, we've been needing it forever, you know. And uh, yeah. it's just kind of quality control, you know. If if a rodeo announcer does a bad job, you know, rodeo might be bad, but nobody's life's in danger, you know. If bullfighters, there's got to be some quality control, and uh, Frank Newsom has to do that for the PBR. Yeah, you know that's what Frank does, and I'm gonna tell you right now, I wouldn't trade phones with him. Ooh, for no, nothing no, in the world no, 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 no. i mean every young kid that wants to fight bulls is blowing him oh, up sending sure. videos and and he has to do all that himself and i don't know how he does it i i wouldn't i'd, I'd duck out or something i hope I, they're paying him good i don't know <laughs> uh, yeah speaking of ducking out though we're gonna duck out for just a minute and hear a word from our great sponsors this episode is brought to you by Lord Crane. Hey guys, welcome back. If y'all like 
this furniture and our settings that we have, go check out Lorick Ranch Home Furnishings. Anything you've seen on our set, they got for sale, and you can buy it and take it home today. Anyway, give them a call and uh, for any of your home furnishing needs. Blue, uh, I heard a rumor. <laughs> this is, uh, we and, and, and we're here to squash rumors, right? That's what you said earlier yeah, yeah. Uh, before the show we got on. You was here to squash some rumors. And I don't know if you can answer it or not, but because uh, you're more PRCA than you are PBR, and I'm probably going to stir the water and probably piss some people off here. But I heard, and I just want to squash it, just bring it to light. Did uh, Frank or, or Webb say that Bryce Reedy wasn't good enough to fight? Well, I don't know. I don't know the details of what went on, but they did cut him. Uh, and they've cut some other guys this year. Yeah. Uh, that's I'm thinking that's part of their quality control, what they got to do. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I've never really talked to Frank about, you know, yeah. his, his role or what he does. I just know that he's, he's got he's to do the quality control, and that's mm-hmm. tough. You know, that I, that's cutting pretty deep, cutting Bryce. I think yeah. Bryce Redo's a pretty salty dead gum cowboy mm-hmm. protector. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, what? and, you know, like I said, everybody, everybody wants to, wants to weigh in on that and their opinion and, and stuff like that. But, you know, Frank's got a job to do and, mm-hmm. and I ain't got his shoes on. No. So until, until I do, I'm not, you know, I don't believe in, yeah. I mean, I, I love Bryce. Bryce, I think Bryce fights bulls great. I think last year probably had one of the you know had an outstanding year, mm-hmm. but uh, that's what was shocking to me. He had such a good year last year, and then this year he's cut. cut. Yeah, you well, know. I, I know he got hurt in the middle of summer. Uh, I want to say Lovington uh, at the rodeo, and that could have been that could have been part of it. You know, uh, Frank was letting him heal up and get better. You know, uh, could have been a mis- misinterpretation along the lines. You know how rumors grow. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially in the rodeo world. <laughs> they grow like a fungus, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it's like I, I was saying earlier, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to have to do what Frank does. I hope they pay him good for it because it's, it's tough, you know, because you got to. You probably lose a lot of friends over the day. You lose too. a lot of friends. And it reminds me of a story uh, you would have been around back then. But uh, one of our one of my first PBRs back then, Cody Lambert used to come to all of them. There wouldn't be a, a challenger event on top of a Bud Light Cup or Mm-mm. whatever. They, no. you know, they were separate weekends. They yeah. and uh, Cody used to come to all of them, and he he came to me one time, me and Mark Bennett, and said, "Hey, if you two don't step it up, I'm fixing to replace y'all." <laughs> and I went, I mean, man, I mean, it made me mad because he had never, I'd never had anybody tell me I sucked before. You know, I mean, <laughs> everybody, you know, all, my whole yeah. career, everybody, everybody bragged on me, you know. And boy, I got mad, and, and I was I was mad at Lambert, you know. And I boy, I wanted to cuss him and all. For, but from then on, every time I stuck my foot out there, I had my mind made up. I was going to show him. He didn't know what he was talking about. He just yeah. trying to light the fires. And he, he did. To do. And from that point on, I had a chip on my shoulder, you know, to go out there and prove that that you know he didn't know what he was talking about. And he was never going to be able to say that to me again. And uh, you know, and our old buddy Crabtree did the same thing to him. Uh-huh. You know, uh, he, I think it, it was either Winnie or uh, yeah, Lafayette, one of them Winnie. first yeah. deals. He, they, he told Crabtree, he said, man, I don't think you're good enough to come play here. And <laughs> boy, you talk about say the wrong thing to the wrong dude. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't two years later. He's at the PBR finals, you know? Yeah. Uh, but Steer I mean, dog and coyote ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes Some, you need that fire. Sometimes you, you need that fire built underneath uh, you. And I hate to quote him, but you know, but he, he says it all the time. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse, and that's Donnie Gay's deal. You know, uh-huh. you got to be getting better all the time. And you know, it it dang sure put a chip on my shoulder for the rest of my career. And I mean, if Mark Bennett was sitting here, he'd tell you, man. I mean, when it it lit us up from then on, you know. And I never, I never let anybody be able to say that about me again, you know. Right. And uh, so I mean, I'm sure that's that that could be part of it. Frank's a smart guy. Yeah. He's been doing it a long time, and. Uh, you know, I don't I don't watch and see the PBRs as much. I can't I guess I'm not on Hulu or can't find it. <laughs> well, I never can find it. it. It's <laughs> hard to find. It there it's a circus over there and you don't ever know what channel the circus is coming on. <laughs> right. It, one day it'll be on Hulu, the next day it'll be on CBS Sports Network and you don't know what take. It could come on at ten o'clock in the morning, it could come yep. on three o'clock in the afternoon, eight o'clock at night, or midnight. You never yep. you, you don't know what damn channel it's on. You don't know if it's Pluto, Hulu, CBS. I, I it's you know they don't have no rhyme or rhythm over there yeah and you know back when i don't know a couple years ago i guess when when the cowboy channel jumped in with the prca pbr had the same option 
they could have went with the Cowboy Channel and they was going to do, or RFD or one of them, they was going to show every Turin Pro, every event they was going to air. It was all going to be in one central location. And they turned it down. PRCA got it. Now they've got the 100, day, 100 Days, 100 Rodeos, yep. mm-hmm. and everybody watches that thing. And now you can't go over and find a PBR event on – where's it at? It's on three different networks. Yeah. How the yep. hell do you – you know, you figure that out. I think that was that was some of the – I don't know. I'm not going to go there yet. <laughs> PBR's uh, upper end pisses me off a lot. Well, you know, you got to be able to, you know, the people, you know, like my daughter. My daughter, she can get on that phone. She can find anything. She's 18 years old and do whatever. Mm-hmm. But the guys that are going to sit around and watch rodeo, you know, mine and your yeah. age, you know, you got to make it easy on us old timers. You know? yeah, no, make it easy yeah. for me to find, you know. And yeah. that's the cool thing about the, the uh, Cowboy Channel deal and, and yeah. the PRCA is it's easy to find. It's right yeah. there. And, heck, I mean, other than watching the news at about 6 o'clock, that's all I watch. Yeah. You know. You can go kick on Cowboy Channel, and you I don't know what rodeo is going to be on, but I can bet you there's a rodeo on. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Yep. And you go to Pluto, which is supposed to a ride pass on Pluto for PBR, you might be watching a fucking movie instead of a bull riding. Where's yeah. the bull riding? Show some old replays if you don't have one going on. Show some old replays. Do something. But they need to get a rhythm there to where – you know, you know when it's coming on. Like back in the TNN days, I keep saying that, and I'm beating a dead horse because they don't give a shit. <laughs> but they, you knew Friday and Saturday night what 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 yep. was coming on and what time you, and what time yeah, set time. You knew what channel and, and Pam Minnick and the gang were going to let you let and you, you hear planned it all. accordingly. Yeah, you yep. know what I mean. Yep. You you knew yeah. it and was you set coming your on. DVR. Yeah. Now you can't even set your DVR to where it's at now to tape it. Like, you know, Brandon, he missed half the team season or probably most all of it. Most all of because it. he works Friday and Saturday, you know, on the weekends announcing. He couldn't even keep up with it because he couldn't go back and watch the reruns or replays of the yeah, damn thing. He couldn't go back and watch any of it. Yeah. yeah. Nothing was archived. Yeah. yeah, and I'm the same way. I mean, I, anything that happens on Friday and Saturday night, I usually miss. I catch I, it on Monday at whatever they put on Facebook because that's the only yeah, place you yeah. can find it. That's it. And we know Facebook is so truthful. Oh, 100%. Always. Yeah. Always. If it's on the internet, it's true. <laughs> By the way, we are on the internet. We are truthful. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of times uh, when guys apply for their card, I'll send evaluators out, and they, you know, and it's the worst part I hate about being the rep is when they fail them kids, I have to call them, yeah, you know. And, but one thing I found is those kids that usually get that that happens to, one or two things happen. Either you never hear about them again or it lights a fire in them yeah. and they're and they're here they come. Now you know? who who do you send out? Who who would be some of your scouts like you would send out? Who I try they? to send like I've sent Cody Custer a bunch. Uh I send James Pierce, old bullfighter. I send Miles and Robin. But what I try to do is, you know, when they send in that list of signatures, usually it's you know, it's a it's a group of people. You yeah. know. So if it you know, the guys that signed for him, like if Cody Cody Webster obviously is still active, yeah. so it can't be anybody active like that. You know, guys that are in still in the game. So I try to find retired guy. Gary Jones does them for me. Uh, you know, I try to try to get old NFR type bullfighters if I can. Uh, sometimes I can't, depending on location and where right. they're at. Uh, I do some of them myself. You know, uh, but it you have to. It's really hard when you get off certain parts of the country to find somebody <laughs> close. Yeah. You know, but that's the reason I thought it was so important to have this catch all with this new rule. Because, all right, you know, say a guy, you know, he's working for one contractor and he looked really good when I sent that one evaluator. Then a little time goes on, he quits trying, he gets a little out of shape, doesn't fight bulls good anymore, but he's still got that card and he's still getting these rodeos mm-hmm. probably because he's cheap and he's available. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a way now to reevaluate that. And uh, like How I said – How does that work? You uh, – if, if the bull riders have a problem with it, they have to uh, write a letter into their – to Cody Rostocki, it's their director. And then if a guy gets uh, three letters in one year from different events, then there's a there's a group that we've put together. Cody Rostocki's part of it, but there's a anonymous group that will look into it and make sure it ain't, you know, you went out with Someone my girlfriend just, and I'm mad at you. <laughs> you know, and, and and now with the that's the cool thing about that cowboy channel and that app, you can look them guys up. Yeah. You can look at the video, you know, it's not so much hearsay anymore. You can go in there and look at the tape. You know, and yeah. the tape doesn't usually lie. Mm-mm. And uh, then if they feel it's a problem, then we'll send them – they'll send it to me, which is – that's my favorite part of it. The bull riders are making that decision. If they've got a problem, they go through it, and if they send it to me and say, hey, this guy needs reevaluated, then we'll do it. 
you know, kind of keeps me out. And of then it. he's got that guy's got to go through another. Re- does he realize? Does that guy know he's getting reevaluated? Yeah, after after the after the second uh, second warning or the second letter comes in, okay, they send him a warning shot and say, hey, you know, we we've been you know alerted that bull riders think might be a problem. You might want to you know <laughs> step it up. Step it up. You know. Hmm. Now, say a kid just turned eighteen and he don't know anybody in the in, or PRCA that's going down the road. How does he get them signatures? If you uh, don't know them. Well, the number one way is they start going to the bullfights to get seen. You know, if you're not a freestyle guy, I try to I try to keep it out there and let all them guys know that I'm the director and I can tell them to call me. You know, and I get them to try to get them in contact and get them in front of somebody, get them seen. And uh, give them an opportunity to get those signatures. I mean, it's it's tough to do sometimes because you're asking guys that are doing this for a living to sign for you to get be able to go get one of their jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you dang sure better better have your bullfighting together when you ask for those signatures. You know, but yeah. you know those guys the the top guys usually are veteran guys and and uh, you can get signatures from anybody that's ever worked the finals. I mean, all the way back to the '60s, whatever. Yeah. So. Um, Guys get a chance, and uh, usually I don't I don't hear too much that a guy can't get signatures. You know, usually if they can't get them, it's, there's a reason. You know, if you fight bulls good, them guys will sign for you. Well, a lot of times too, Brad. If you're fighting bulls and you're coming through, you'll you can see the hot ones coming up, and you that that top crowd will you will levitate towards that mm-hmm. top crowd. You'll get to know them through doing your rodeos and coming up and going through. You'll run across some guys. And well, and them them bullfighters gossip and talk more than more than anybody. I mean, <laughs> if you got some game, they're gonna be talking about you. Somebody's gonna know who you are. I mean, I I don't even. I mean, I most of the rodeos I announce now are, are I do mostly IPRA rodeos and stuff. But I I still hear about them, man. I, I hear who's coming. You know, you the word gets out there. So yeah. is it the top fifteen or twenty that will vote on that for them to be really evaluated or? No, the no. There's or? there's just a there's there's kind of an anonymous panel. That after after three complaints, they'll look at it and, and investigate it. Like I said, and make sure it's not a you know right personal. So it could be somebody thirtieth in the world. Not a hate crime. Yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna say like if you did it off the top fifteen or twenty, most of the places them guys are going to are gonna be the top bullfighters. Right, right. So I that's why I was asking. Yeah, anybody, anybody, any bull rider with a PRCA card, if they if they feel a guy's a problem getting people okay. hurt, they can they can send in a letter. You know, but the you know the cool part about it is. You can't just you know call the guy up on the phone and say, "Hey, I think Cody Hart's fighting bulls terrible. We need to fire him." You got to write a letter and you got to put your name and your card number on it. Yeah, you know. Yep. And all of a sudden, it you know that's that's a little that's documented. A little work. It's right. documented. You're you're mm-hmm. you're saying, "Hey, this means so much to me that I'm I'm willing to put my name on it." You know, and right. that ought to you know for the most part, I don't think it's something that's going to happen very often, but it is available. And there, over the years, there's been times that it it needed. There's some guys that needed to be kind of shown the door and. You know, it happens. Or at least uh, warned right. to wake them back up. Right. Yeah. And then, like, you know, you said if they get their permit, they have to have five rodeos. Do you mm-hmm. ever see that? Does kids have a hard time getting their five rodeos to get kicked off? Yep. Is that a problem? Uh, we've, had, we've had that happen. Some, some guys, uh, I've had, I think in the last six years, I've had three guys that got bad evaluations at their permit rodeos, and we've had to pull their card. Some guys, uh, they'll get a bad evaluation the first round at their first five rodeos, and what I'll do is I'll just leave them on their permit another five, and usually it clears up because ordinarily when a permit guy's coming in and he gets a new set of rodeos, he got them from somebody mm-hmm. else. So there's liable to be a timer or a pickup mm-hmm. man or somebody there that's not real happy that there's a new guy coming in. You know, Maybe they, their buddy used to have the job or something. So every now and then those bad evaluations pop up, and I tell those kids, you know, they, they panic. They're like, oh, my God, and I was like, Guys, relax. It's not a big deal. Happens all the time. And uh, they stay on their permit another few rodeos, and then they're usually pretty good. Once they get to know them. But on the announcer side, they're working on going back to that same style of uh, of moving forward. I heard the rule was last year in our meeting we was going to kind of push that back to a signature situation, and and, and I know that's coming up too as well on the announcers as well. Well, and and I always get mad because my meetings right there. The I'm an announcer now, but I'm always in the bullfighter meeting, so I don't get to, get to catch up. I don't get there. to catch up on Have the to call dirt. Jesse and get get all it lined out. Yeah, I'm I'm on the phone with Jesse quite a bit. Jesse Jesse does a good job. We we have to we have about one big conference call a month usually, and then 
we talk quite a bit, but there's always some, there's really always some drama. I think he's doing a really good job. I've known Jesse for a long time. Jesse's a good dude. He knows that rule book, and he believes in you know following the rules. And and you, he's a good. He's doing an excellent job. I love the crew we got: Sonny Deb Backstrom, mm-hmm. uh, Cindy Rosser, and Josh Edwards. Josh is our rep on the on the big board. Yeah, he's the guy. You know, we sit down and whatever's going on, we kind of come up with what we think, and we send Josh in there and. Man, he has to fall on the sword a lot, <laughs> and he gets hmm. bashed a lot, really? a lot worse than we do, you know. Uh, but you talk about a, a guy that'll do the right thing every time. I'm I'm glad we're on here, and I get the chance to brag on him. I didn't even think about that when we started, but <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I'll brag on that guy. When it comes to doing what's right, you can't beat him. Well, how did when did you decide you wanted to go to announcing? Well. Before I quit fighting bulls, I started putting on bullfights. Yeah. Uh, I put on Pasadena, and I used to do one in Mercedes and Kingsville. And uh, matter of fact, oh, you know Terry Starnes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> funny story. Terry Starnes is announcing a bull riding in Edna, and uh, they had an issue with the clown, and they ended up having to fire the clown before the first perf. And uh, Starnes called me and said, hey, you ain't doing nothing. He said, come down here and just co-announce with me. First time I'd ever done it. And uh, so I did that, and, and I'd been co-announcing my bullfights. And so then I kind of got to thinking about it. You know, I was probably 40, 42, 43. I knew, you know, the old win was coming. And I decided I'd start kind of getting better at it and quit yelling and screaming so much. Because <laughs> the first few times I heard myself, I was like, oh, God. You know? <laughs> it, sounded like, it sounded like one of those, you know, when they, they got the bullfighters mic'd up on the arena floor. That's what I sounded like. <laughs> And uh, so I started kind of working on it a little bit. And then uh, when I quit fighting bulls, I quit fighting bulls the COVID year. I had a, you know, I was going to retire at all these rodeos and all my committees were, you know, give me this big send off. And then COVID hit and I got to go to, I think I went to Lafayette, Kissimmee, Fort Pierce and Arcadia. And then the world shut down. And, uh, and the, so my last two rodeos I got to do, I got to go to Belton on the 4th of July and Guyman, Oklahoma. And that was, that was all I got to do that whole year. And uh, so I figured that I started announcing just kind of I was going to do it around the house and high school rodeos and just kind of stay involved. And one thing led to another. Yeah. Well, did you I know you work for Jerry and do a lot of stuff with Jerry. Do you do a lot of his rodeos now or is Donnie still doing a bunch of them or Donnie still does them? Most of his rodeos now, he's got them rodeos are so big, they're committee hire, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think, you know, one day. I'll get an opportunity when somebody something changes or whatever, but yeah. you know you don't fire a Boyd Polhamus and yeah, no those kidding. kind of guys. Yeah. You know they're no. they're great and so. Uh, but like I went, I go and help them at Pasadena, and uh, I help them the other day at League City. Went and did that rodeo, and uh, I I get to I don't get to see them as much as I used to, but you know get to see them quite a bit. We were we was about twenty years of family. You ain't a kid. Twenty five years of family. You yeah. know that uh. I was I was rode for that old Frontier brand for a long time. They're good dudes. Yes, know? they are. So I, I remember that old bad boys, Mike Greer hauling bulls. And oh man, <laughs> and old Seminole man, yep, I love Greg old Greer. Seminole man. Yeah, when Greer left, Seminole kind of took over, and you know uh, that group of bulls, Big Bucks, and all that old crew. Yeah. You know, those were Greg's babies. You know, mm-hmm. my favorite story on old Greg is uh, the year Big Bucks won the uh, Bucking Bull of the Year. He said, I remember he was there's video of it when he he ties that flank off somebody said something to him about you know because he didn't put any flank in that bull i mean he did just hung it on him somebody said something to him about it and greg just walked up there and went yep that'll do and it was when <laughs> remember when he threw mcbride down on yeah, his head and all yeah. that that was that trip i mean he was <laughs> greg loved that little bull man he was a bucking dude that was a little bucking dude where did he come from uh God, he, come from, he come from oklahoma uh Charlie John Coffee or somebody uh, trying to think of Stanley the Hart maybe. Yes, that's Stanley where he came Hart. from. Yeah, I knew it was somewhere over there in eastern Oklahoma. You ever heard the story on that bull? Why they called him Big Bucks? Uh uh-uh. uh Stanley showed up in Winnie at the bull sale with him, and when he got there, he unloaded him. And he told Jerry he wanted twenty five thousand for him. And I mean, he he was about this big. He was just a baby. So, and he got him there like three days before the sale. So everything we did, we kept having to move him and. We just kind of nicknamed him this old old Big Bucks. Let's get old Big Bucks out of the way so we can do this. And that, that's how he got his name. Well, they, Stanley dang. bucked him with a dummy. It's one of them first dummies that didn't work real good. And, I mean, this calf gets it on and gets it on. And 
Stanley's hitting the button and hitting the button and it won't come off and won't come off. And probably, and I ran out there and I'm trying to swat him in the head and stop him. And this goes on probably 45 seconds. I mean, forever. Finally, this calf just falls down, you know, bellering. And uh, Bolt Stanley's mad. He throws his hat down and he walked over to Jerry and said, well, he's probably ruined. Will you still give me 10 for him? And Jerry <laughs> said, yeah. He gave him 10 for him and turned that sucker out. And I didn't see him for two and a half years. <laughs> wow. And when he brought him back, uh, first trip I saw him was at Arcadia, Florida. He he had never his first rider trip. Jerry took him to the rodeo. I don't think they'd ever had a rider on him. And I mean, he <laughs> did kick the lights out. <laughs> That's one thing that sucker would do is kick the damn lights out. Now that was that black and white bull, right? Yeah, yeah. little mm-hmm. bitty flat yep. horn. Probably yeah. the probably the smallest bull to ever win bull of the year. Yeah, yeah. He had the black body and the yeah. white underneath. Yeah, a little white yep. paint underneath there. What yeah. I always saw him do when he he kick and break so hard. Yeah, he'd slap them in the back of the head uh-huh. with his rear end. Yeah. You know, and if or you he'd hit you in the back with his back. His back would hit you yeah. in the back, and it would knock you forward. Yep. Yes. What's one of your best memories from bullfighting? Like, what's the top? What's uh, really stands out. I don't know. You talking about like saves or rodeos or? Yeah, just anything. Like, what's your best memory from bullfighting? Like, what's something uh, that? My probably my best memory was right there towards the end when I when I got done the 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 messages and the stuff people sent to me mm-hmm. that, you know, when you're, when you're rodeoing and going, you don't think a lot of times you don't think people think about you that much. Right. And the world champion guys and the, that sent me messages and, and called me when I quit the respect that I got from them guys was probably my best memory. I mean, I, I had so much fun fighting bulls. I mean, it was, it was working for Jerry and that whole crew. I mean, it was, it was a good of an environment as you could be in. And, uh, but you, you always wonder what people think of you. you oh, know? yeah. Right. I don't give a shit what you anybody know. says. You know. Somebody, everybody deep down cares what somebody else thinks about them to a certain extent. Yeah. And especially a guy like me. I mean, I felt like I felt like I had NFR talent and never got there, you know. So it that's that little deal that always eats at you, you know. Man, I never, you know, never mm-hmm. got over that hump to get there. And But uh, so you wonder, you wonder what a lot of those guys think of you, you know, when you get almost done. And that was that was probably my favorite thing. Uh, I, you know, I worked Fort Worth. That was that was a cool experience. Uh, I, I don't like, I don't know how them guys keep going back to that sucker. That, that beat me to death. Thirty four fighting bulls in twenty one days, and plus the rodeo. I mean, uh, it. I think they've cut it back to it's about twenty perfs now. Yeah, but when I did it, some. when I did it, it was a long sucker. And uh, <laughs> but enjoyed the PBRs and and the the friends and the buddies you yeah. know and the stories i mean that's i'm sure everybody says that but i was thinking on the way up here you remember that time at rock springs at the pbr me and you we stayed in that cabin deal yeah and we opened the door to go to lunch and i've never seen so many sheep in my entire life you there must have been a thousand of them. well we get we drive in that <laughs> night and it's dark pitch dark and if you've ever been to rock springs you know damn well why it got his name rock springs well, nothing but damn rocks everywhere yeah. And when we pull in, we pull in this cabin, and it's pitch black. I mean, there's no moon. It's dark. And we get up there, and uh, we get in there, and everybody goes to sleep. We get up the next morning. It's daylight, and we open the fucking door, and it's just covered with shit. I mean, there had to be 1,100 of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, all the way over the top of the next hill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, damn. Like, it's wow. not what you expected. Like but. farming sheep or mountain goat? No, like sheep. sheep. You know, sheer like, sheep. Yeah. Lambs. Lambs. <laughs> yeah. The silence of the lambs. There was a shitload of lamb jobs out there, boy. And I'll tell you, one of, one of my – to get back on that, one of the coolest things I got to see is that dude right there in his world championship season. <laughs> if you weren't there for it, dude, it was it was something pretty cool. Yeah. they It took them – heck, how many events did they have the year you won the world? 26. 26. And how many, it, how many years did it take them to break some of your records on that year? I mean, uh, just here in the last two or three. They just broke uh, – Joe Say just broke the 90-point record, what, two years ago? Yeah. Justin, but I held that record for over 20-something years. Yeah. yeah. Justin broke his record in the uh, 2000s for the most event wins, and then – Not in 2000, he didn't. Not in 2000, but when 2000s. he was – like When he was making his – When he was making there. his run for the world yeah. title. Yeah. And then 
Joe said. They still have And there was, the there was more events, rides. though. There was like 32 events then. Well, they, yeah, there was 32 events when Justin did They yeah. say that they that JB broke it, but we have a card at the house that We have proof I rode wrong. Uh, in eight events, eight consecutive events without getting bucked off at all, and that's 28 bulls. Yeah. And that's at the the cup level, yep. 28 in a row. And I, I, I remember every bit of that deal. And, I mean, the – those days when that when that PBR to be a part of it when it was when it was growing and that energy and when and, it was good oh man <laughs> yeah it was it, man I mean I can remember if Jerry Nelson was sitting here he'd tell you there was a time when if you found you a flat piece of ground and put some bleachers up in an arena and got got it sanctioned man you could sell as many tickets Just as you wanted to it was hot you wanted to do this episode is brought to you by Dennis Davis Bucking Bulls Lori Cranch Sutherland Logistics. Blake Skaggs Bucking Bulls, Crenton Stitch Company, Benchmark Custom Buckles and Western Jewelry, SK Leather, Kirk Martin Logging, The Hat Shack, and Cactus Rodeo. It was hot, but yeah, that, that's a that's a lot of the uh, another thing I saw ride a ride ride medicine woman in in Arcadia, Florida, one time, and I was I was standing right there, and she circled right there in front of me. Wow, one of the coolest things I ever seen, and her, you know, I don't know how high she was jumping, but it's as high as one can jump, and he was. Throwing that rain at it and giving it to her, that was one of the coolest deals that I ever saw. Cool. That's but I sweet. went from, I tell people this all the time. I went from tough Edelman, picking them off tough Edelman, all the way to Stetson Wright, and that yep. that's pretty cool. That's a pretty good stretch. We we only had Daryl on earlier, and uh, he was a shoot boss for the NFR for thirty years. Yeah, from eighty two to twenty twelve. That era right there is, I think, the greatest era of the it's NFR the ever. It's a legend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to think who all went through there from 82 to 2012 was like, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just ho- riddled with Hall of Famers. Yeah, you, I had, mean, just, you had all the great bullfighters back then coming in, and then it went from Oklahoma City to Vegas. Yeah. And then you had, you know, Jim and Norman and Adriano all riding their bulls. Charmaine making the run on Scamper, yep. bridleless, winning her, what, 10 world championship, 10 or 11 world championships, whatever she won. And then – Billy Atbauer riding yeah. Cool Alley. Yeah. Oh, Billy Atbauer riding well, anything which, he got yeah, on. Which, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> which year do you want to talk about Billy Atbauer at? Wow. I mean, wow, yeah. you know. Cody but Hancock. I'm going to tell you what, that yeah. I, I see Stetson Wright do something every now and then that in all the bull riding I watched, and, and I mean, I watched m- tons of them. I see him do something every now and then that I've, I've rarely seen anybody get away with where he can, he can backdoor one and get set back down yep. and finish that ride without having to stay backdoor. Yeah, usually when you go, usually when you go in and start going in that backdoor, that is your last ditch, last resort, yeah. last effort. And you don't ever recover from that. The only way to do that, and I think I think I know why he does how he does it is when he goes in that back door. He goes far enough in there that he can hesitate. He kind of gets ahead of jumping, and he can wait and catch him. Yeah. And a lot of guys they don't they don't know that they don't know to get in there. But and that was like your swing in, swing out. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I mean, when I when first time I saw him do that, I was I was like. I don't, I, and I got to trying to think, you know. He uses it a lot more than I think he really needs to sometimes. Yeah. Hamming them up, man. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> him look a whole he can, lot he can ham them up, dude. He, yeah. and, then, and that's a lot of it, you know. That's kind of like Ronnie Kitchens when he was, you know, running high and wild and all that. He would, <laughs> he, he, you know, he'd be running 95 mile an hour and that bull's running 72. Oh, yeah. You know, and. It would it would ham ham him up a lot. I mean, he would get to waving his arm, and and I see a lot of that. And I'm not comparing them two by no means, but Stetson kind of gets a little tries to ham it up a little bit. But well, oh, and on. back in the he day, then you, the, you can't say you didn't do that. You did that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you can't when sit here down there, guys, for hamming one up. Hey, when you're sitting up there, and you, I mean, there's times you can sit up there and smoke a cigarette, drink a beer, and eat a cheeseburger, and wave at your girlfriend all at the same damn time. Because I mean, yep. you told me, you know, you made Maximus look harder riding what he was because you just trying to ham him. Oh, up. absolutely. Yeah, everybody's like, "Why did you get so wild at the end?" I said, "Well, I knew I had him. I had to ham it up." <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's and that's how you you know back in the day when when it wasn't a PBR when there was a, a pin of twenty bulls and there was you know four or five of them you could win on and a bunch of junk, you had to learn to ham up 
you know, yeah. find that junk and ham that junk up to win you a fourth, you know. Yeah, speaking, <laughs> kind of speaking of this, I got a funny story about first time I ever went down to Johnny Ackles. And we got down there, and I think I was like 14 or 15. I was pretty young. And uh, me and JW had went down there, and I think somebody else, I can't remember who. And I had some little white bull. He was fucking horrible in the shoot. I mean, terrible. And he's trying to buck in there and everything. And I can't remember the flank man that Johnny had at the time. I'm pretty sure he was a prick. Almost <laughs> know he was a prick. Yeah. And he was he he was picking on me because I was a young kid. Hurry up and get out of here. Da, 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 da. I'm gonna wreck your ass. I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna hot shot burn him. And I mean, it's something to just throwing a wall I'd fit in there. And finally, I I get to where I can get my. I finally get where I can get my wrap, and I go to sliding up. He's doing all this shit. I nod, and he goes out there about two or three, and he just licks it up to the right, and I did beat all the shit out of him. I tried to beat the white off of him, and I hammed him up, and I hammed him up, and the whistle rang, and I took my hat off, and I beat all the white off that son of a bitch again. <laughs> and I stepped off, and that damn, that I don't know who, I cannot remember who that, con, uh, that flank man was, but he did not fucking like me at all. He said, I will wreck him the next time I see him. I said, well, you'll have to do it in the shoot because you can't do it out there, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> JW said that. The, uh, when, when, people, when people talk about uh, Johnny Ackle and they ask about him, I try to describe Johnny Ackle. He was like an X-rated John Wayne. <laughs> that's, that's the best way I know. I mean, yeah. but man, you talk about a fun old dude to rodeo with. Yeah. Because when he, when he walked, he was like Crabtree. When he walked in the room, everybody knew who the toughest guy was. So there wasn't no yeah. question about that. <laughs> Yeah, I, and after, as I got a little older, I think they kind of, as I started going down there more and going coming around and, and, and riding more and kind of got more known, I gained their respect. But yeah. I didn't have their respect then. Yeah. And they were just going to, you know, it was like going to a rookie, going to a David Bailey rodeo oh, or yeah. a Dan Russell rodeo. You're fixing to get told, you're, he's fixing to take his aggression out on you. Yep. Until and you earn their respect. That's yeah. That was the old school way, though. I yep. mean. Uh, I, I tell this story all the time. First rodeo I worked for Benny Butler. Benny yelled at me for four days. I mean, <laughs> the whole time. I, I mean, I couldn't do nothing right. And and the last night, he had that uh, spotted demon bull of his out Saturday night. And he, I, I, we started fighting him pretty good. He went to the far end. And, I mean, he did wipe me out, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I get done. And I've been getting yelled at for four days. I got my bag over my shoulder, and I'm walking to the truck. And uh, Benny's sitting out there on tailgate drinking a beer, and he calls me over there, and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? He's going to chew me out again on the way out of here. And, and he walks up, and he said, hey, Biggin, he said, you want to come to Jasper and Beaumont? And I was like, well, yeah, but I thought you hated me. Oh, no, you Texans. I'm just trying to toughen you up. <laughs> but that was them, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, if you showed them you had some guts, I mean, then they'd yeah. love you, but they was going to make you show them. Oh, yeah. You know. You had to earn their respect. Yeah. That and, was kind of a rite of passage. Yep, Benny's still that way. I mean, oh yeah, he is. He's still that way. I miss old David. I fought bulls for David. You talk about, you go to Imboden, Arkansas, and David Bailey unloads his truck <laughs> for five hundred dollars added, and there's a little old kids standing back there wetting Just their shaking, pants, yeah. and they ought to be. I mean, <laughs> Lucky Strike and all them in there. Oh, oh my God, good lord! I watched him buck Lucky Strike twice at Imboden, Arkansas. These little permit guys. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you viewers do not know Lucky Strike, y'all can probably go on YouTube or Spotify or anything else. Look that up. Uh, was it Robson Palermo who about killed at Fort Worth? Uh, I can't uh, remember. Or, yeah, I Robson Palermo, Palermo on Lucky Strike. That is whoa. And yeah. he used to and he used to show up to five hundred dollar added rodeos and unload them. I mean, and <laughs> you remember the stories and I mean Playboy and yeah, go on and Gun on. Slinger. I mean, he brought them. <laughs> Monster Bull and yeah, Wild Red Bull. Man. Yeah, Wild Red Man. Yep. Yeah, uh, Super Cool. That super was Muley, cool, yeah. the Muley that would just hook the snot out of you. Yeah, yeah. I rode him. <laughs> yeah, I was fat cool? too. <laughs> yeah, Super Cool. Uh, you rode Vegas Knights fat too. Yeah, I did, but that wasn't his. No, but you know, there's none of those big personality bull guys mm -mm. anymore. You know, you can't be really. If you acted like them guys to you know today, yeah, they'd run know. you out of business. Yep. You know. Yeah. They wouldn't vote for your stock. They wouldn't let you bring any, you know? No, we went to uh, Clarendon, and Pete Carr had it. And uh, I think that's the first time I ever met Pete, and he was just the nicest guy in the world. And I was like, boy, this is – what world am I in? <laughs> stock contractors are supposed to be big, mean, and, and 
assholes. Yeah. Supposed to be rude, you know. It's the way they This work. guy was super nice. Give me VIP tickets to the VIP <laughs> room. You know, I got to go to the VIP room, hang out. And I was like, wow, this not, what, what the hell am I at? Yeah. <laughs> My question is, when? how old was you when you went to that deal? What? The, Clarendon? Yeah. Oh, we took Clancy up for the pro rodeo. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a different deal. I mean, they, uh, you know, and and I guess it's probably a good thing. You know, I mean, the world's got to change a little bit. But I do miss I miss I do them miss old them old grouchy fuckers. Yeah, you know, they're funny. <laughs> yeah, you when know? you're back when you're tying your hand in there, and one of them stock contractors are back there telling you, "Bear bear down, son," or I hate it when he does that. Man, yeah. last time he did that, he hurt somebody. We got a funny yep. story about oh, that. That is the funniest thing. Uh, so uh, we took bulls to this youth bull riding one time, and they had a ladies bull riding after this. Well, <laughs> we had this uh, Corini, was he Corini? Yeah, Corini, Corini bull. bull, and he had them. It looked like a kind of a Mexican fighting bull build, and the horns out like this, and looked mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just biggest pet in the world. So he's in there, and he's. That lady crawls down in there, and she's already scared because he's he kind of a bigger Corini built. Yeah. She's already scared of him. He crawls, she crawls down in there, and he's going. She he moves around. And he goes, "Oh, I hate it when he does that." Yeah, that's what he's hollering he goes, at her. <laughs> oh he god! Told, he, he told bullfighters, "He goes, look out! He just killed a guy from Mexico." <laughs> yeah, she's scared to death. I'm scared to death. Oh, she yeah, nodded she for trembling. him and jumped off first jump. I told her. I told her right before she nodded. I said, "When you hit the ground, you better be moving because she's gonna be looking for you." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he'd do that to me and buck and shoot, and I'd, I'm just like, man, shut up! I'm trying to ride. Well, where do you think I got all them sayings oh, and stuff? Was from, from the, the, old the, the old times. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I've, <laughs> I've seen him just some kid crawl down in there and he just flat out trash talking them in the buck and shoot. Oh, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> I mean, he'd be flanking him, going, "I hope you still, I hope you know what you're doing there, buddy." Because I don't. Though the king of that was old Spence, man. Especially during the old bullfights, you know he yeah. he he tried to beat everybody he could in the parking lot before you even had to get out there. You know, <laughs> Rob was a, Rob was a master at that. You know, he he'd plant them seeds. Yeah, you know, it's that little bit of doubt in your head. You know, tell you a story. Yeah, them, but you know. <laughs> Speaking of bullfighters, Miles Hare, he gave me. A, I was going. I was like sixteen. Went to a couple of Max deals, and we was in uh, San Angelo or somewhere. Uh, Function Junction, maybe. Yeah. And uh, I had uh, what was it? Uh, it wasn't Wild Thing. It was uh, the other one. Uh, Two thirty six. Uh, superstitious. Yeah, he was. They looked a, about he was the same. a shithead in the shoot. You know, wild thing would stand there like a puppy dog, but superstitious was a little shithead. And I was trying to get out on him. Miles' hair kept coming up. Come on, cocky, you got him, cocky, cocky. Come on, cocky, you got him, you got him. I'm like, man, Miles' hair knows who the fuck I am, and he thinks I'm cocky. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> and I slide up there and I get out of there and come to fucking find out later on he calls fucking everybody cocky. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. shit. <laughs> I thought he really knew me. Yeah. <laughs> did you ride that bull? Uh, about six seconds, he bucked me on. <laughs> I did ride the wild thing, though. I wasn't Lubbock on him. So who's a, who would be, like, your top five? Mount, Mount Rushmore. There you go, call Mount it Rushmore. Top five. Well, uh, you got to put Wickpath on there. Absolutely. There's never been – I've never heard anybody say anything other than he's about the toughest, baddest cat that ever was. So. Well, he'd get on his hands and knees and bite them on the damn ear <laughs> yeah. and whisper at them, look them in the eye, and crawl around them. And then if it, I don't know if you ever seen video, like if something run him to the fence, he'd go up the fence, and when that bull turned, he'd jump on their back and ride him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he was crazy. He's wild, man. So you got to put him on there. I think you got to put uh, Skipper Voss on there because Skipper mm-hmm. Skipper and – Changed the game. He invented the step through. Uh, did something nobody's ever been doing, and so I think you got to put him on there. Uh, you got to put Smets on there. I don't care what the Kamikaze kid. You got to put him on there, and I believe you got to put Dusty on there. Is this just bullfighting? I'm talking yeah overall. Cowboy? Now, if oh. you're going to go just cowboy protection, then you, you open up a whole another can of worms. Yeah. You got Joe Baumgartner. You know, mm-hmm. you got old Crabtree. A lot of people don't remember. How good Crabtree was because he didn't live he long. He was one of the best. Uh, you know, there's a, you know, there you can get a Daryl Diefenbach. Oh yeah. You know, when you talk cowboy protection, if you're just going that direction, you know, uh, I kind of tend to be one of those guys that I I look at the entire body the of overall, work. Overall, you know, uh, all around. But you know that that's why you know 
that I put that post up the other day about Dusty. You know, Dusty was a guy. He was overall body of work. I mean, he'd go beat your butt at the bullfights and yeah. as good a cowboy protector as you'd want, you know. Uh, but cowboy protection, I mean, Joe Baumgartner, I mean, you can't argue with that a bit. Frank Newsom. Frank Newsom, yeah. I mean, you got to put him on there. Uh, I'd, I'd, have loved, I'd have loved to see what would happen today if a Greg Crabtree showed up. Because he would upset the apple cart. I can tell I you. I guarantee that. you, the little three ring deal they got, and I and that works good for yep. for guys. It, I, I, it's good, but I don't think Crabtree would work in it because he just seen nope. it and he shot it, and there was no backing up. I don't think he could conform to that. I don't. I don't think it would. I think they would. The other bullfighters. I don't think he'd fit the deal at all. I don't. And I always wonder where a guy like that would end up nowadays because you know. Now Webster and them guys, they teach them schools, and everybody watches what they do, and everybody's pretty much picked up that style. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder where a Crabtree would land in that deal because, man, he was, he was a, he's a different cat. Uh, fought bulls his own way. And, uh, and a lot of times, you know, you'd think, you'd think he was going to kill you because he'd go the wrong way and want to run into you, you know. <laughs> but let me tell you something. When the, when the sure enough wreck started, you wanted that guy with you. I mean. When the shit got thick. Yeah, you can. You could. When you looked up, you knew Crabtree was going to be there regardless. Yeah. What about Roach Edelman? Talking cowboy protection. Yeah, Roach. Roach. You know, Roach. Believe it or not, people forget Roach went to the bullfights some mm-hmm. in his early days. You know, everybody just doesn't remember that part because he he got into going to the PBRs. But Roach Roach went to the bullfights. You know, quite a bit. Um, Smurf. Yeah, Smurf's another one. Mark Callahan. Mark Callahan. Yep. yep. Mark Callahan. Uh, Eddie Hatfield. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie Hatfield good. probably, I want to say Eddie was the alternate to the finals four times maybe. Mm-hmm. And just because of who was there, you know, never got over the hump. Yeah, just the, 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 the it's a lot of times, you know, somebody could be the leader of that area if it wasn't for one or two other guys. If yeah. you move this guy to this area, he was the top guy. Yeah. But it was just who, you know, I mean – Look at Josh. how many how many go buckles would Josh Ross win right now if uh, Sage Stetson, and Stetson, Stetson wasn't around, right? You know, well, and you look at Cody Webster and Dusty Tuckness. Yeah. You know, you you notice that other spot rotates out. You mm-hmm. know, there's some different people that come yeah. in, and uh, I tell you what, I'm I'm really proud of the bull riders these days for paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they Justice got the NFR a couple times, and then you know Bryce came in, and then you know I I personally thought Nate Justice fought bulls as good this year as I've ever seen him. And I was wondering what they were going to do. You know, if they were going to – I knew he'd make the top five, but they took him back, and I think it was justified. That dude was lights out this year. Uh, that's, the, I think that's a difference nowadays. Them boys pay attention with that phone, and mm-hmm. they're watching. You yeah. Know? Well, who's the uh, alternates that stand on the side in case somebody gets hurt? They don't They do not do one of those anymore. Uh, no. They let all three fight bulls, and then – and we've run into some issues with it before because uh, – was it Webb or something that broke his leg a couple Tuck years ago? Tuck. Tuck, Tuck broke Tuck. his leg a couple years ago, and they had somebody Wasey else come in. Well, Wacey had to come in for Justice. Justice got hooked oh, and it tore his, tore his hamstrings completely off. And Chuck Swisher was actually the next in line that year, but Chuck was in Oklahoma, and the weather wasn't good. And when they they didn't find out till the next morning that Justice was out, and they said, "All right, well, you know, who's the next guy in line?" I said, "Swisher, where's he at? He's in Oklahoma." All right, who else is here? And Wasey was n- the next guy in line. And they said, well, Wasey's here. He's fighting bulls. Because the, the way the contract reads with the NFR, we, they have to take the three that the bull riders select. Yeah. But if something happens, it's their discretion after that. And that's, that's why, you know, that's the way that deal went down. Right. And then uh, when Tuckness broke his leg, it was the ninth round. Yeah. And uh, we, we called Justice. Justice got on the plane and got there. But he just dressed out and stood on the side and let Harp uh, and, yeah. and Webb finish it, you know, because yeah. he's one perf. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's just one of them contract deals. Yeah. They used to have alternates, though, didn't they? Yep. Yeah. But yep. you'd have to – that would get into more money, you know, have to buy them a room and stay there for 10 days yep. and all that, get them there. I think they ought to have, you know, whoever the fourth-place guy is or the alternate. Yeah. They ought to at least, you know, get him a room, let him be there, and pay him a food stipend. Yeah, you know, which wouldn't hurt anybody, and then right. you wouldn't have to worry about it. You know, yeah. you'd have that guy there. Yeah, because I mean, heck, you can see it's happened in the last five years. It's happened yep. twice. I mean, mm-hmm. guy goes down like that. You know, it's high. Well, level. even if you know if one of them gets sore or something, and needs to set out a round or two. He can step in for a round or two, and then when your voted in guy gets you know, so I'm ready to go. He can slide right back in. Yep. 
Yep. Because I mean, it's it's it to me, it's better to, you know, better it's to better have to have it. that guy there. Better know? to have it and not need it, and is need it and not have it. Yeah, and you don't want. And there was, you know, the year Wasey went there. That was another one of them deals that blew up into a big controversy about how it all went down. But I mean, from the time Nate got hurt, I was on the phone with everybody, and that was, you know, at the end of the day, it was Sean Davis's call. Yeah. If he wanted to, if he wanted to, you know, get that boy off the street and decided he want, could fight bulls, he yeah. could have done it. I mean, we didn't have any controls. <laughs> no, we know you can't. I can't. You, you tried it and you got smoked. Yeah. But speaking of PRCA uppers, is Sean Davis still over the the NFR? Or because I heard Boyd Paul Hemus was coming in to take over, and then yeah, they did gr- that happen or Boyd came in for one year and then. Uh, and I mean, I'm totally speculating just from what I've been told. Boyd yeah. realized how much of his time that was going to take, and Boyd still announces a lot of rodeos. Yeah. And I think I think the deal was Boyd said, "Hey, I, this is way more time consuming than I thought," and uh, and made the they made a decision to part ways after that. And then they've they've gone through a couple. Uh, they got a guy there named his name's Allen, and I can't call his last name. That's done it the last couple of years, uh, but there's. It's not just – I mean, if it was just putting on the NFR, you know, but you got to deal with Vegas and unions and, yeah. you know, everything that goes along with that deal. And that's I think yeah. that's why Boyd was like, whew. Well, wasn't <laughs> you telling me something about, you know, Vegas charges so much per head to be there and to there's some, clean there's up some the all shit kinds and all of city that. stuff and city oh, yeah. ordinances you got to follow. And, and you have to use this union for this and, like, you know, to hang the speakers, you got to use this union and yeah. – you know, and there's a lot of that plumb down to the trash picker uppers. I mean, it's yeah. all everything's unionized out yeah. there, and it's it's a. Well, I tell I tell you a funny story. Matter of fact, talking about Nate Justice when he got hurt, when he got hurt so bad, Tandy had found there was like one guy in the United States that had done that surgery that Nate needed, and he was in New York, but because he got hurt at the NFR under their workman's comp deal, they were wanting to send him to some guy you know their local that had never done it before. And it was a big old mess, and Nate had to put the surgery off for a long time and cost him a few months because till we got everything straight and got him to where he could go to the guy that we needed him to go to. Uh, it cost Nate, you know, probably two months of being able to get the surgery, get yeah. healing up and back to work yeah. just because of the way all that deal works out there. Yeah. You know, if they had just used the PRCA insurance like we normally do, Tandy would have sent him there. He'd have had surgery the next day, you know. But – you run into that out there. It's a yeah. lot of, you know, there's a lot to it. Well, and this is kind of not on that subject, but it's kind of, it's just towards the NFR and the Bulls and the housing and all this. I heard, and I hope you can fill me in on this, uh, they don't feed their own bulls out there, right? Nope. And you can't take your own bull feed out there? Nope. They give you three choices or two choices, I think, maybe. Mm-hmm. You drop them off. Now you can go out there and watch them do it. You can hang around and watch it happen. But can you tell them how to feed them? I I, I think I think you give them a you know give them a direction on on how much you feed and you know what they get and whatever. You know certain bulls and certain bulls take certain yeah. amount. But they uh but yeah you don't you're you're when you drop them off they take care of. Them. Huh. Now and what I was told that came from back in the old days when the stock contractors would go to partying and. Raising cane and wouldn't show up to feed, and right. they decided, you know what, we're just going to take this deal over because right. somebody's bulls might stand out there three days and not eat, you know. Yeah. So, uh, well, I just thought it was crazy because, and they told me it was more like a, a sponsor's paid for the feed, and they wanted to make sure that the that bulls had to eat the same stuff. Well, they they I don't I don't you know that's kind of that's kind of outside of my realm. I do know that they you got a couple maybe three feed options. And uh, and they do, but yeah, you drop them off and they're there. You don't because touch them. you see sometimes you you see bulls throughout the year, and they're really really good, and then they get to the finals and they don't have they don't have that final. They don't they don't have that same trip that they had there. And I just wonder if it's because of their own because you know you you go changing a bull's diet up, mm-hmm. you know it, that's that that can upset their stomach. That can upset the way that can definitely change the way they feel, the way they act. And obviously, the way they buck, uh, I would guess. I would guess if you're a stock contractor, you'd pick the feed, and I guess you'd try to get them swapped over before you got yeah. out there, maybe. But yeah, I think that's what they do because I think they send you like a list. Like they have all different kinds of hay, yep. Bermuda, and then what I heard is they they transfer over like a month before they go out there. They start feeding. 
their option some, some they guys, circled. Some guys go just go to it full time if they can, right? You yeah. know, and keep them on it. Um, but I think I think a lot of a lot of it's time in the desert too. You oh know? yeah, and water. Thanksgiving I mean, Thanksgiving gets over with, and they've got to be checked in by that Sunday. Yep. You know that Sunday night before the finals. So them bulls are heck. Them bulls are out there three weeks. Yeah, you know, horses too. And uh, I think that's always had a lot to do with. It. Mm-hmm. Remember old. Reindeer, he, Reindeer, he never would he, drink he out there. Drink. You know? they had, yep. Julio had to haul all the water around for him. Yeah. I mean, it's really that desert, mm-hmm. that desert mm-hmm. for 10 days is hard on me, I can imagine. Exactly. <laughs> well, the climate change, I mean, I'm always having, you know, you're so dry out there. You, mm-hmm. You're coughing and hacking the whole time you're there. Or you're, you're not losing sick. your voice and losing you got to suck voice. on some lemon water. Yeah, or I mean, something. It's, it's just a yeah. different atmosphere out there. So I, I bet it would be very detrimental to the yeah. livestock, you know, changing things up. And, Oh, I've seen I've seen a lot of them bulls Jerry had over the years down there in southeast Texas. You know, down there it's 80, 90 percent humidity all the time, and go out there and blow them up. You know, they not, not be near the bull they are yep. at home. You know, yeah. And that's well, what we all don't drink enough water while we're in Vegas. We'll just say that. Yeah, well, we drink a liquid. It's just not necessarily in the water. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But heck. Well, you want to do it? You yeah, do it? I, I, huh? yeah, yeah. Hey, I, you're up. Man, yeah, I'm up ahead, buddy. Dang. Uh, well, we appreciate you coming on, Blue Jeans. It's been a great episode. I'm, did we miss talking. it before? Before we get yeah. too far, did we miss anything? Did we get everything out there you wanted? I think out so. Yeah, I to... I hope so. I mean, I hope everybody understands a little bit more about how it all works and yeah, and why the things are the way they are and and uh, but yeah, shoot, it's great being here. Great to see yeah. you, old friend. Yeah, I know it's been a minute. I was telling Briar on the way over. I said. He goes, Briar goes, well, I don't even know what this guy looks like. And I said, well, I'm not sure that I do either, but I, <laughs> I, I it's been so long since I've seen him. Yep. And, uh, but yeah, it's, they've been damn sure glad to have you on, buddy. Yep. And, uh, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we'll have to get you on after the NFR. And who's your, uh, who's your pick in the bull riding? Well, I'm picking old T. Parker. I kind of helped raise him. So, uh, you know, everybody, you can't bet against old Stetson. You know, he's going to well, go Stetson, in there and- Stetson's got a $100,000 lead here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Where's T at? He's down there. He's eighth, I think. Eighth. Yeah. Yep. He's a little ways. He he's got a shot at the average, obviously, but probably yep. not that. Yeah, gold probably buckle. probably not the gold buckle because you're not going to buck Stetson off, you know, that many times. I, I told him I hope I give him good advice. I do my best. I said, hey, they give away twenty nine thousand dollars every night. I said, just go ride as make the whistle as many times as you can. Quit worrying about it. Don't th- <laughs> you yep. know? Just go make the whistle, and that's our plan. Nod for ninety and let all the rest just fucking yeah. take care of itself. Yep. Yeah. I want him to. I hope he. I hope he goes out there. I'd like to see him. I mean, I think he's. I think he's the got the kind of talent, you know, to be a seven or eight bull ridden kind of kid, you know. Uh, but we'll see. You know. I'm right. You never know. Well, till you, you tell get him there. by golly, pro bull talk guys are going to be cheering for him for all sure. Right. So. We'll do it. We'll do it. He's got a. He's got a whole convoy from Winnie. Half the town is coming. I, I, I seen your wife. She <laughs> oh, yeah. put it out there, and y'all had a big get-together down there in send-off party oh, yeah. for him. You know, Winnie ain't real big, so for half the town to go, it ain't that big a deal. But, <laughs> but they are going, you know. Yeah. You, you, you've got, uh, had half the Dairy Queen filled up? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's just like it's just like anything else. You know, a guy's, guy may rattle off 10 NFRs in his career. A guy may get one, yep. you know. You don't. You just don't ever know. So you know, go out there and enjoy the heck out. Hey, of it. he's already made one more than I did. Yep. yep. <laughs> but, but blue jeans, man, it's been great. It's been good visiting with you. you and too, man. Uh, shoot, we'll have to get you back on and heck yeah. See you. I'm a lot closer up here now, so it's a little easier yeah. To yeah, do. Bluffdale ain't that far. No. Nah. Hey guys, if y'all like this episode, go give us a like, listen, <laughs> and as always, subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, all major podcast platforms. And until next time, see you then.